Good morning. Good morning. My name is Jim. I'm an elder here, and I'd like to welcome you to Oasis Church. As a church, our mission is to help people become and grow into mature disciples of Jesus Christ. We believe a disciple should seek God, belong to community, and serve the world. Seek, belong, and serve. I'd like to welcome any guests that are visiting us here today, whether in person or online. If this is your first time here physically, we'd like to give you an Oasis coffee mug as a thank you for coming here. Um, if this is your first time joining us online, please let us know by filling out a connection card on the Connect With Us tab on our website, which is celebratethejourney.org. For those of you here, we, you can find the connection card on the back table in the center. We don't ask for this information to pester you too much, but to, to provide you with information about who we are and why we do things the way we do to see if you can decide if this is where you want to fellowship. If you have any questions about anything you hear, just to ask anyone, and if they don't know the answer, they will direct you to someone who does. The connection cards can also be used to sign up to, to receive our weekly email with a link to our newsletter. The newsletter is the best way to find out what's going on at church. You can also text the keyword newsletter to the number on the screen behind me. There's a prayer box on the back table to my right where you can write out your prayer requests on the card and put it in the box. And a small dedicated team of prayer warriors will pray for those uh, requests. If you want somebody to contact you, please put your contact information on it and check the box that says, I want somebody to contact me. There's also a prayer box on the, I'm sorry, there's also a prayer page on our website if uh, you have a prayer request. Any prayer request that comes in will be considered confidential unless you indicate that you want it to be for the whole body to be praying about. And if God has spoken to you about something today, that you something you heard, and if you want prayer, um, please feel free to come up. There'll be some people up here willing to pray for you at the end of the service, or just reach out to somebody you know next to you. We gather together for community prayer here in the sanctuary on the first Tuesday of every month. This is an opportunity to build community as well as experience the power and presence of God together. Our next prayer meeting is March 2nd at 7 o'clock. We believe supporting the local church by giving of tithes and offerings is a biblical truth, whether you're here in the sanctuary or sitting at home. If you are here with us on the wall by the double doors, we have the joy box um, that we can drop your tithes and offerings in there. And if you are at home watching online, you can mail your tithes and offerings to the church building. The address is on our website. Or you can go to the Give tab on our website and set up a one-time or recurring gift offering amount. And this month, the online Bible study at Right Now Media is reopening Christianity, and I hope everybody would consider studying that. Um, it's very timely for what we're trying to do right now. Thank you, here's Dennis.
So how are you all today? I know I'm, I'm just like in my own little world here. Um, oh, that'll come up when it comes up. A uh, quick announcement before I get going. Starting in March, um, there is a women's study called Living Grace. And uh, it's a, it's not really a Bible study. It is a, uh, it's a Bible study, um, but it, it focuses on mental health. It focuses on you know, anxiety and depression and all those things. It's not a replacement for counseling. It's not replacement for medication that you may be on. Those things need to be um, dealt with by you and your doctor. But this is kind of something that adds to um, helping uh, move through and not just survive um, challenges, in, in emotional challenges, but to thrive during them. And so it's a 16-week uh, course we're offering just for ladies. And uh, Mo, um, up there, say hi, Mo. And um, where is she? Emily. Emily's not here today. Emily, they're going to be, she's in the nursery. They're going to be leading that study. They've already gone through it. Um, and maybe next week we'll have one of them talk um, about their experience through it. Um, but it's a really positive thing, and, and I would recommend, um, you know, if, if you're a woman and you're in need of some uh other spiritual support that this might be a, a good opportunity uh, to take so it's going to be starting in March it's going to be on Monday evenings uh, it runs about 16 weeks but usually you go eight weeks and then take a little break and then finish up with the other eight weeks so I'd encourage you ladies if that's something you may find beneficial then please take advantage of it all right all right so uh, I'm gonna pray and we're gonna get going father we we love you We love you because you first loved us. Thank you for that love. I pray this morning that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, it seemed like millions of years ago when we were going through the, the Sermon on the Mount, and I kind of want to get back to that, um, especially to the section uh, we started with um, unpacking the, the prayer that we commonly call the Lord's Prayer or the Our Father. Um, it, was, it was the prayer that kind of that Jesus modeled for us. Um, and, and it's a very common prayer. Uh, many, many people have memorized that prayer. I grew up in the Catholic Church, and so... Um, I know that prayer very well. I've, I've prayed it thousands of times, and, and we use it very regularly in, you know, in Christian services because it is such a familiar way to pray that many people from all walks of life will know that prayer. But the challenge, and we, we spoke about the challenge that sometimes familiarity bring, breeds contempt, and, and, and what becomes familiar um, just becomes tradition or rote, or we just kind of say these words and we just uh, go through them without allowing the meaning of what's behind them to kind of sink within us, to, to kind of um, penetrate our hearts and, and make a difference. Prayer should make a difference. And this holds true for, for all scripture, for all Bible stories. Uh, you've heard it over and over and over and over, and sometimes we have to force ourselves to go back and spend some time and let it marinate. And so that's what I thought we would do with 
um, the Lord's Prayer. Just kind of take it piece by piece. Now it starts off in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. Jesus opens with our Father in heaven. And it's really a, a foundational statement. Jesus is calling our attention to God, that, that our prayer life is directional, uh, is focused in the direction of God. Who are we praying for? To. We're praying to our Father in heaven. But the way it's kind of written, Jesus goes with our dad. There, there's this intimacy that he has with, with the Father. And he shows us that we have that same intimacy through Christ. We can come to the creator of the universe and say, hey, Dad. And so Jesus is, is, is foundationally setting our feet to where we need to move in our prayer life to our dad who is in heaven he is other he is separate he is he is not just here on this earth but he resides in another place in in the heavenly realm our focus the focus of our heart the focus of our mind the focus of our intents in our prayer life needs to be in recognition of our father in heaven And then he goes on, hallowed be your name. Like there's a holiness in the name of God. And the name of God we know means everything about him. All of his his nature, his character, who he is, who he's not. Hallowed be your name. There's power in that name. There's holiness. There's separateness in the name of God. Our father, our dad in heaven hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. And so after he directs our attention to to focus on our Father, he makes this next statement. Let's see if this is going to work. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Seems simple enough, right? And we're only going to work on the first three words. Your kingdom come. It's a proclamation to the world's God, your kingdom, not my kingdom, not the kingdom of the United States, not the United Kingdom, not any other kingdom on earth, but your kingdom, God's kingdom, let it come. It's this proclamation that we make as a church throughout the world. It's the kingdom focus. It's the kingdom that we are citizens of. Yes, we may hold citizenship here in the United States, but ultimately the Christian, we, uh, we are citizens of a different kingdom, a different place. It's God's kingdom. Jesus is telling us to pray, Dad, let your kingdom come. In fact, this, this, this phrase, your kingdom come, your will be done, really expands upon this, this uh, hallowed be your name. If God's name is holy, then everything that follows this points to the holiness of God. If he is holy, he is worthy for his kingdom to come from heaven here on earth, that his rule and his reign, his sovereignty would be recognized and that his church would come under that. Your kingdom come. Prayer for the, uh, our prayer always should reflect our desire for God to fully reign in this world, for God to, to have his place of superiority in this world and in our prayer life. Now, I found that this whole idea of your kingdom come, it, it really does have a lot of different uh, interpretations that, that it 
could uh, fall into. Um, some would say that what Jesus is saying, that, that we're to, we're to kind of call in the second coming of Christ, that when Jesus returns and he puts all this mess back together, and that's what this prayer is about. It's just kind of proclaiming and calling God, finally, once and for all, will your kingdom come here on earth? Uh, some have argued that this whole idea of kingdom come is, is about the church stepping up and stepping into good works and bringing a a heart of social justice to the world. So the church is taking action. And some have considered um, your kingdom come is just about uh, the, the salvation of souls, that the God's kingdom is built and strengthened uh, by the church proclaiming Jesus and um, people turning to Christ in faith and being saved. Now, where I land in all those three is, you know, I kind of see it as all three are viable interpretations and so your kingdom come includes all of them but there is this past present future thing to your kingdom come because it doesn't mean when jesus said that it doesn't mean that god is lacking in any way in the world today it doesn't mean that he is not here it doesn't mean his reign is not evident his it's not like we're, we're asking him to become sovereign over all creation it's already there it's already been established and so it's this it's this memory it's remembering who god is that he is he has created everything and and his kingdom will eventually get here but it's not here yet but that doesn't mean he is any less God in any way, shape, or form. He is always God, always sovereign, always in control, even when it feels like or it seems like everything is way out of control. God is still God. In fact, in Psalm uh, 24, it says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. And I just missed my mouth. But I digress. And so uh, we're praying that the kingdom of God, though, is here and God is sovereign, but that the kingdom would manifest in, in a, a new and different way, even in a, in a more powerful way than we've ever seen in the history of history. And so when we pray, your kingdom come, uh, we're remembering the past, but we're also proclaiming and looking to the future. Let your kingdom come. Let Jesus return and put this all back together again. And he will judge the world and he will finally set up the eternal kingdom of God. But it's not yet. It's just in part. But there will be a day when God's kingdom is fully established, when the evilness of the human heart will be made completely pure there will be no lying or deceit or, or distrust and shame all of those things are are banished are healed from the human condition think of it there will be no more prisons in the kingdom of god because crime will no longer exist because the heart of mankind has been changed once and for all it's a time in the future when when every word that's spoken and every action that's taken will be for the glory of God. But we are in the not yet phase. 
heaven is this this thing that has been in the mind and the sight of the world since uh, since the scripture for as long as there's been time the church has been the church has been desiring this this thing called heaven, this, this kingdom of heaven. And Paul tells us in the book of Romans that the kingdom isn't, isn't about eating and drinking, but the kingdom is about righteousness. It's about peace, and it's about joy. And we long for that life. There's this longing, even in the, the, the people who don't follow Jesus, that something is broken, and we wish that it could be better. We wish for joy and righteousness to, to infiltrate this world. And, and that's what's coming in the future, that there will be all joy, that there will be no more death. There'll be no more tears or or mourning in people's lives because God fixes everything, but we're not there yet. And that's not wishful thinking. That is not some utopian pipe dream that will never be established. As sure as you are sitting here this morning, the kingdom of God will come in its fullness when Christ comes and when Christ returns and begins to put this mess all back together again. But that perfect fulfillment is only going to come then at that second coming. And, you know, sometimes it's um, if you look at the news or watch the news or read the paper, it feels like that God's kingdom may be completely absent here to here and now in today's world. It feels like there's there's want and there's things missing the push and the pull of the news cycle. Um, It feels we're moving we're moving away from the kingdom and into this worldly trap of, of ugh. But the truth of the matter is this. The world belongs to God and everything in it. And he is as active as, uh, he is as active today as he has been every day in the past and as he will be every day in the future. God is always in control and on the move. He knows what he's doing. His plan is being fulfilled in perfection perfectly at the right time at the right speed at the with the right components coming into play and so even in this place of of going god what what the heck is going on in the world his kingdom is being established his kingdom is on its way yet it's here and so we pray dad let your kingdom come that's what our hope hinges upon the coming of the kingdom in fullness because it's coming and when it happens i was i was uh looking in the book of of revelation as it happens like angels take part and and they um Revelation chapter 11, the seventh angel sounded his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven which said, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. This is may your kingdom come. This is what we pray for, the second coming of Christ. But it's, it's not just past, and it's not just something in the future. It's the kingdom right now. It's the kingdom of God as it is manifest in the here and the now. Luke, in chapter 16, Jesus, um, he says, the kingdom is in your midst. The, the kingdom is, is now. It's here 
and there's a few ways that people want to interpret that a kingdom is in your midst and, and what I believe Jesus is saying is I am ushering in the kingdom of God I am the kingdom of God because the kingdom is not just about um, a realm of reign the kingdom is about the authority of God manifesting itself here on earth and so Jesus is the manifestation of the glory of God the son of God the righteousness of God the peace of God the forgiveness of God he would take away the sin of the world on the cross Jesus has not only ushered in the kingdom he's representative of the kingdom he is God's kingdom because he is God's rule here on earth and he came to proclaim he was passionate about the kingdom he was the only person to fully come under the will of God and do that perfectly he is our teacher in fact the kingdom was such a um, a focus of Jesus 103 times in the first three Gospels Matthew Mark and Luke the word kingdom is used and it was his message when he went from town to town repent for the kingdom of God is at hand for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and he is manifesting kingdom love kingdom power Jesus came to um, to bring men and women into a conformity with the will of God. What is eternal life? Jesus would say this, that we would know the Father and the one whom he sends. And to know God, to know Christ, is to come under their authority, is to be obedient. And so your kingdom come, and we'll look at next week, your will be done, um, it's about God's rule here today. We come into the kingdom of God first by faith in Christ, and we remain in that kingdom as we come become obedient to his rule in our life. We make him Savior, or, or, or we accept him as Savior, very easy, but making him Lord is a sacrifice. It is a lessening of ourself. It's dying to ourself and looking to Christ. This is the rule of the kingdom. His kingdom come here and now today. And so it really does make his kingdom... Um, it's, it's a personal thing because... Because as we come under his rule, sanctification begins. Sanctification is just us becoming more like Jesus. Sanctification is the Holy Spirit taking residence within us and not only empowering us to obey the word of God, but also to manifest Holy Spirit, God power in the world. That, that our light would not just be a light or any light, but a supernatural spiritual light that shines into the darkness of this world and pushes that darkness back. We know that the darkness will not overcome the light ever. This is the light that we have. This is the kingdom here today. The kingdom is a personal place. Why? Because, well, let me tell you, I have my will, and my will likes to have its own way. And sometimes I have to fight against my will to bring it into obedience to the will of God. And that's where I want to spend my days. That's where I want to live my life in obedience to God's will to push mine off to the side and say, wait, wait, I'm going to align with what God wants. 
And in that alignment, the kingdom is here on earth. We usher in that kingdom. And so to pray, your kingdom come, it's, it's a prayer of, of repentance that we would have a heart of repentance, that we would see the things in our life that, that sadden God, and that we would come to a place of repentance. And yet, we as followers, we need to commit to a lifestyle of repentance. There has to be that commitment on our part. Um, in, in Luke chapter 9, Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. There are no wishy-washy people in the kingdom of God. You decide to follow Jesus, you make him Lord, you make him Savior, and you press in each and every day. You press in to the kingdom, you press in to him. We, we can't keep looking back at the old life, desiring what was behind, desiring the, the, the things that we'd left, and then just kind of popping back and forth. Well, I like the old self a little bit because the old self was kind of fun, but, you know, I want to be in the new self because that's, that's kind of where God is. And, and we don't get to do that. We don't pop back and forth. Remember a few weeks ago, we talked about that there's a wide gate that we can enter through that wide gate and wide is the road that leads to destruction. And then there's a narrow gate and, and only a few find that gate and narrow road. And that road leads to life. There is no middle road. There is no, well, I guess I can just kind of uh, one foot on this side and one foot on that side. Uh, I was told a joke that I won't go there, Peggy. You know the joke, and I'm just not going to say it. But it was a pretty funny joke about having one foot on one side of the fence and the other foot on the other side of the fence. And if you fall, oh, nay, nay, you're in trouble. And so there is no middle road for us to travel. It's the wide road, which leads to destruction, or the, the narrow gates, which leads to life. Nothing in the middle. We have to be committed to the pursuits of the kingdom. And, and I think that's, that's my, my, my next... Uh, so so we, we, we have this heart of repentance and we're committed to that heart of repentance because we're pursuing God and pursuing the kingdom. Pursuit of the kingdom of God has to be the focus of, of our life. It has to be that, that thing that moves us, that drives us, that gets our feet on the floor in the morning and, 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 um, and builds a passion to live life. Not just kind of move through and not just not just kind of walk through kind of with a glaze over your face, but we we diligently um, are pressing into the things of God. Jesus Jesus would say this. Oh goodness, this iPad's going to be the death of me today. Jesus said, "But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things." All these things will be given to you as well. We seek the kingdom first. Repentance, commitments, and pursuits. This is the kingdom here on earth. We can usher in the kingdom here on earth. Let me tell you, I, as I was kind of writing and, and, and putting pen to paper to get this uh, teaching together, um, God brought to mind all of those areas in my life where my pursuit of him has been kind of soft and squishy. 
and 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 yeah, I've I've uh, frequently said if if I would have known when when God called me as a pastor that He was going to make me practice what I preach, I might have been something else. Because it, it, you know when you write this stuff and you and you meditate on this stuff and God brings to my oh. Oh, you're talking about uh, pursuing me? Well, here's where you've been wishy-washy, Dennis. Here's where you've been kind of soft and just kind of floating through. And so what this what this does is it pops that bubble that we might think of of kind of an easygoing, do-nothing, uh, cultural Christianity. Uh, the pursuit of the kingdom is just that, a pursuit. It's movement on our part. It's, it's us taking initiative and, and, and moving in the direction that God is calling us to move in, wherever that direction is for you. But there are also, um, there's also big uh, common things that, that the Lord is calling us all to. Repentance, commitment, and pursuit of the kingdom. This ushers in the kingdom now. And really, those, I think those three components, the, the, the repentance, the commitment, and the pursuit of the kingdom, they, um, the reality of them in our life is a, it, it's, it, it seems to me, I believe that it's a direct result of our dependence upon God. Jesus said in the Beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirits for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So the more we begin to realize that we got nothing, we got nothing before in front of God. We can't fix it. We can't fix ourselves. We can't fix other people. We can't fix the world, but God can, and his kingdom will. And so when we come to that place of repentance and commitment and pursuits, um, the deeper we move in those things, the more God calls us into his story of redemption. And the more we're called in, the deeper we get into this story of redemption, um, things begin to change. Things begin to change in us. Things begin to change around us. The way we uh, conduct our lives and the things that we say are influenced by the kingdom of God through our repentance, through our commitment, and through our pursuit of who and what God is in his kingdom. Dependence upon him will drive that. If you think you got it all together and you can figure it out, God bless you. I'll talk to you some other day. But if you come to the place of who you really are in front of the Lord, you will recognize that, the, uh, that repenting and commitment and pursuing him is really our only ticket to life. It's life here, now, and it's life eternal. And so when we pray, your kingdom come, it does demand from us. It does demand commitments and that commitment produces a life that makes a difference. And that commitment produces change in our neighborhoods, in our families, in our places of work, at our schools, in, in us. Lives are introduced to Jesus and some lives will be changed forever. To pray your kingdom come means that we we reject, we reject those areas of our culture in our society that are in direct opposition to God. We say, no, may God's kingdom come 
And so everyday ethics are influenced and changed by the presence of the kingdom. Communities, neighborhoods are transformed by the presence of the kingdom. To pray that, just those three words, your kingdom come, is to, is to have this thing in your heart where you eagerly go after living out the Beatitudes, that you're uh, living out, even the Sermon on the Mount, those three short chapters that we would be all in, living those things out, because that is evidence of the kingdom that is today, the kingdom that is here on earth. We are calling in this kingdom by our repentance, commitment, and our pursuits of Jesus. And as our faith deepens, as uh, we are living for the kingdom, as our faith deepens and the Holy Spirit becomes stronger and stronger in us, we begin to live in a, in a supernatural way. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't stand to reason. We're being called to this place of supernatural living in the kingdom of God here today. Our vision for society should be the kingdom of God. So don't be discouraged that in this present world, the kingdom will never fully manifest itself. But that's okay. Jesus would teach that the kingdom is like a mustard seed, the, 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 a small little seed, but when planted, grows into one of the biggest garden plants where birds will perch in its branches. So the kingdom of God starts slow and it grows. And so the kingdom of God starts slow in each one of us. The spirit has deposited that seed of the kingdom and it's our repentance and our commitment and our pursuit. That's the water. That's the nutrients that grows the kingdom within us. And as that kingdom grows within us, it begins to manifest on the outside of us and things happen and things change. So we pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. There is a... What God showed me was those squishy parts in my pursuits and my commitments. Now, I don't want to project my mess on any of you, but I would guess that there might be parts of your walk with Christ that are a bit squishy and soft. And I thought, what a great day to begin as a church, repentance, commitment, and pursuit. That we would take some time this morning to repent, to commit, recommit, and begin our pursuit of his kingdom. Because when the church does, we bring a little bit of heaven to earth. We bring the kingdom here to earth. So I'm gonna ask Ben and Caleb to, um, maybe not Caleb, oh, there he is. Uh, ben and Caleb to come up. We're, they're gonna lead us in one last song. And uh, as you heard, Jim, um, uh, we're just gonna, there's gonna be people in the corners, the four corners. 
um, that would be willing to pray. Uh, if, if you need prayer about repentance or about commitment or about pursuit, then, then um, come and be prayed for. But if not, allow these, these words not to just be words, but allow them to be um, signposts that, that, that you're going to put, uh, you're gonna put the, the, the stake in the ground and say, I'm not moving backwards from here and take a step forward. You can do that within your own heart and the quietness of your own heart. You can do that with a brother or sister who would pray over you or pray with you. And so uh, we're going to let Ben and Caleb, I'm going to stand over there, and Jim, would you, and, and uh, Peggy, would you go over there? And, and um, we're just going to let God be God and let the Spirit do what the Spirit is going to do. Spirit asks you just fall in this place. Jesus, you said that in your word that if we would humble ourselves, that you pour out grace. You give grace to the humble. So we just humble ourselves in your sight this morning, God. And we choose to seek your face and come to a place of repentance, God, for where we need to change. As we all need to. Thank you that repentance isn't uh, isn't something to shy away from. Thank you that it gives life. So we just ask, Holy Spirit, would you just come? We humbly come before you knowing that we have nothing to offer except what you give. Human, the word 
became flesh for my sin and death. Now you're risen, oh, and everything I once held dear, I count it all as lost. Lead me to the cross where your love poured out. Oh, bring me to my knees, Lord, I let me down. Rid me of myself, I belong to you. Oh, lead me, lead me to your heart to your heart lead me to your heart lead me to your heart holy oh, me to the cross where your love poured out oh bring me to my knees lord i lay me down bring me of myself i belong to you Lead us to your I belong to you. Oh, lead me. Lead me to the cross. To the cross. Oh, Lord. 
cross where you love poured out lead me to the cross God to your cross oh lead me to the cross where your love poured out bring me to my knees Lord I let me down rid me of myself I belong to you so church I bless you with the understanding that the kingdom of God is in our midst and you have the power to usher in that kingdom and that kingdom influence more and more and there's a grace in that so receive that grace and may you know, as, as Ben prepared these songs, may you know how much you are loved right now. Not some future version of you, not the, not the repent, commit, pursuit version that's going to take place. God loves you wholly, completely right now. And it's that love that moves us into, moves us into kingdom power and kingdom reality. So be encouraged, church. Be encouraged. I love you guys, and I'll see you next week. Peace.